0: Mental, the movie. We're talking mental health on today's Raw Fusion. Welcome to the King Bees Raw Fusion podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, I should have left you. Without a strong show to flip to. Now think of how many weeks shows you slept through. Huh. Time's up, I'm about to bless you with another season. Another reason. To cut on the TV and start the cheesing. The get up on the phone, and go call your friends and let them know the King Bee's raw fusion. Began to sit on back and enjoy yourself. I'll be your company, baby. If you need a little help, I took off for a while to revise the plan. Got my focus on so I can check out the scam and open up my team. Eliminate the fake And not got me a beat from Bobby Drake And now I'm back And it's better than you ever saw But enough talk Let's get raw A typical night at the
1: clubs
0: Let's get raw You
1: don't
0: want to fall in love Let's get raw You got
1: the fusion in your blood
0: Let's get raw And to my ladies and my thugs Let's get raw And to the haters on the scene
1: Let's get raw
0: Don't be mad cause we got green
1: Let's get raw You
0: should be trying to make the team
1: Let's get wrong.
0: Cause we taking everything Raw fusion. Yo, what's up ladies and gentlemen, King B right here and welcome to Raw Fusion. As you guys know, for my sixth movie, I'm getting ready to do a film about mental health. And One of the interesting things about doing film, it doesn't matter whether it's a documentary or whether it is uh, something that's scripted, although I guess you can script a documentary but that's neither here nor there, you have to do research on the topic that you are that you are going to do the the movie about. I mean, if you really want to do it well, you really have to do research. So in efforts to make this as impactful and as powerful as we can, I've enlisted the help of some real uh, mental health professionals. And I have a brother here that has done some very fabulous things in the city of Chicago, elsewhere as well, to help our community get to a place that they need to be mentally. And I think that's important. Welcome, Dr.
1: Obari Cartman. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, bro. I appreciate you. Appreciate your work. And, and I really appreciate you using your your skill set, your talent, your passion, and turning it to this topic. Happy to have more eyes and ears and hearts in the conversation about mental health. Uh, it's a, a moment in the movement that needs all hands on deck. So I appreciate you. Thank you, brother. Thank
0: you. You know, I went through a, a, a situation myself where I found myself in more of a, a depressed state instead of depression, uh, and didn't even know it. You know what I mean, it's like you. I went from grieving to being diagnosed with a heart condition, and mm. then being told by the doctor, yeah, you're gonna die from this. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny, I had uh, Wildstyle, who was in the in last week's show. He was actually in the room with me uh, when the doctor came in and I was like no nah, you can talk in front of him he's like my brother and so yeah he, he actually got mad at the doctor like how are you just gonna say the shit like that mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying and, and I realized that I got to the point where I was like I don't really give a fuck if I live or die anyway so it really doesn't matter yeah. and it seemed like I was being tough but then I realized what was going on internally it took me a little while but I realized what was going on internally it's like maybe I'm I'm going through some shit that's more than just going through some shit. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I realized that I probably was going through, uh, I didn't get di- diagnosed or, or took medication for it or anything like that, but I, I feel like I was going through a depression at that time because, you know, you should, I don't think there's any time where you should be like, I don't give a fuck whether I live or die or not. Yeah, so right, right. that's that's kind of problematic. You do... A lot of work in the hood. Where you, I'm pretty sure you come across a lot of kids that uh, mm-hmm. are probably in the struggle. You know what I mean? Maybe in a gang situation or whatever. And a lot of them, if you ask them, I don't give. They'll say, I don't give a fuck if I live or die or not. Right? Do you see that a lot?
1: All, of the, all day, all day. And and part of it is what you say. Like there's a a presentation of toughness. For some reason, we have connected this hard masculine this de- desirable, maybe even a cool about how we, how we want to project ourselves. It has to do with, I don't give a fuck about nothing. There, there's something about not caring, seems cool somehow or strong somehow. And it's really, a, it's a strange phenomenon because there's nothing really strong about it at all. Mm-hmm. But, but I see it a lot. And, and part, of it is, part of it is that, part of it is just the, the show, but I think that there's underneath it, just like you described, of some real hopelessness, um, some real sadness and grief. and. Mm-hmm feelings of worthlessness and not being valued enough and not even you know appreciating you know what, what life is so i think at the essence of it is a, a really dark space that a lot of people are in and don't have the, the words for it nor the courage or the support systems to express it and process it and get to a place where they can be like no nah, that's really that's really not okay i want to do better than that because because there is something worth living for and so, but you know, a lot of men got that. And so it, it allows them to do self destructive stuff. We're talking self medication, we're talking the pills, we're talking staying high all the time, we're talking the violence, we're talking abuse. I mean, it just turns into all kind of like when you don't care, like when you you know, when you either pretend like you don't care or actually don't think that life is worth it, or that you deserve better than this, then there's a whole mm-hmm. bunch of activities that, that you would do on the other side of that. So we gotta this it's a real problem. Really gotta get to the root of this for real.
0: Yeah. You know, I was talking to a guy in the streets. You know, I'm born and raised in the hood. Uh, I, I went to private schools all my life, but I was I was born and raised in the hood, so I still have an affinity for my brothers and sisters in the hood. Um, I was talking to a guy, and he was like, man, I don't want to get old. Mm-hmm. Like, so I'm wild as hell. I'll do whatever the fuck now because shit, I don't want to be all old and gray and mm-hmm. like, bro. And it, it was just like, that whole conversation was fucking with me. It was just like, mm-hmm. bro, really? Like he, I don't even think he was fronting like, yeah, he was yeah. like, shit, if I, if I get shot, I don't give a fuck cause I don't want to get old no motherfucking way. And I'm like, right. really bro? <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you do some interesting things and we'll get to those in a second. But one of the things when we first talked, and this is the thing that I, I realized, is that when you have a situation like a Columbine, Mm-hmm. or whatever school shooting or whatever they will send scores of mental health professionals to that scene but you and I from Chicago we know that there are places in Chicago Chicago's a great place but there are some pocketed communities in which they have a columbine every day mm-hmm. at least every at least every week right. um and and all we got is churches and liquor stores yeah um and I don't know if
1: it's funny when you said turkey, I not know if chicken or uh Jesus.
0: <laughs> we got the church chicken too. Uh, some
1: people eat away their their their,
0: their pain, I guess. Uh, right, right. But yeah, that's really all they give us, man. Is that? And I think there should be more. You yeah. know, There should be some 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 mental health professionals deployed in these areas to help the, the situation there. Mm-hmm. Here comes the other question though. If they do that how many people would actually go yeah you know what I mean because we had that I'm man I ain't got no mental mental health issue what are you talking about I ain't sick in the head I ain't crazy and then I ain't going I ain't going over there mm-hmm. You may be the actual one that needs to go
1: mm-hmm. what
0: do you think about that bro
1: uh, I got lots of thoughts about that um when, when you said the word deploy it triggered a thought about what's going to happen soon I believe I have some concern because of the amount of conversations that the mayor and the president have been having and just the, the need for the city officials to look like they're doing the most that they can, that I feel like they're gonna do too much. And it's not even too much, and it's really the direction in which they go. You can really understand how people see a people and a problem based on their solutions to that problem. And in Chicago, what we're about to see is control and violence in response to the violence through the National Guard through the feds coming through through and we've already seen it the the increase in the budget for the police build more prisons get more cops in the street uh so when when we said deploy that's that's the image that I think the city's going in into that's the direction they go we need to deploy more troops and to quell these young people because they're out of control because they need structure and they need bigger guns to, to 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 make them think twice about the, the shootings that they're doing mm-hmm. but what you discussed when you say deploy you had a whole nother direction right you saying that mm-hmm. the problem isn't these these wild kids are, are animals and they need to be locked in cages you said they're people and they need to be healed and mm-hmm. and, and, and cities don't think like that like the you know the these the systems of powers that be they have created these hoods and they, 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 they you know, we call them projects before. They, it, it's a, a scientific experiment in some ways where you stack poverty on top of poverty and then you and then you take the resources away and then you make them dependent on the systems. And then you watch that over generations and then you start, you know, in, injecting, you know, chemical substances and then you leave, you know, boxes of guns and it's, it's an experiment that these hoods are created, you know what I'm saying? So, so there's no interest in investment in, the people and their well-being there so when they, when they get too much out of control and it starts to, to bleed into downtown and it starts to go in the high park then they're like, oh no we gotta mm. we gotta contain this which means mm-hmm. bigger guns right um but if you know if we talk about black people brown people humans families children and what they need then you're very you're very right what they need is, is support they need healing, they need wellness opportunities, they need good food, they need water and rest. So just like what what every human need, if you don't conceive of them as humans, then you, you know, you just contain and control them. And so um, to the point of, of whether or not they would go to therapists has a lot to do with how we in the field have defined what therapy is and looks like. And that is still very much rooted in these same systems of European domination and control. Um, so I got a, mm-hmm. I, I got a, a PhD in white psychology. I had to learn a bunch mm-hmm. of old white men and, and white ways of thinking about healing. And now if you send a bunch of us into the hood to, to give diagnoses and have people sit in the room and talk about their problems all day and, and do it in a way that they sometimes feel judgmental or labeling and off-putting and have some distance. And then we, we come in and pop up, chat for a second, then go home then I do think that that would be uninviting because I don't know that that's what therapy needs to look like in these hoods for us. So I think the part of our role is, as professionals is to adapt and to adjust and to meet people mm-hmm. and, and and deliver services in a way that is appealing to them, that is culturally appropriate to them. And I'm saying to them, but like, it's really if, if, if you got a bunch of black people, then then we get to say, are we doing this for us with us? And so, you don't have to mm-hmm. jump over some of the same hoops. Because right now, if you wanted to deploy a thousand clinicians, therapists, counselors, it would be hard to get a bunch of black people to do it because black people are not even in the field, certainly not black men. So, you're going to have a bunch of white women, mm-hmm. therapists coming in, having black people talk about pain and trauma caused by systems that are profiting from, from uh, uh, the, the, the pain caused from white people. And there's already a disconnect, right? Just being able to speak comfortably. Mm-hmm and being judged and, and looking at these white girls and being like, she don't even know what I'm talking about or my life, she don't even know my life. like, And I don't trust them. Mm-hmm. So there's a barrier already there. And then the setting is is off-putting. Is so like all of it has to be considered. Um, I think there's a lot of movement that needs to be happening towards integrating therapeutic conversations into group settings, to going into schools, to going into barbershops, going to basketball courts, using uh, hip hop, using art movement, dance, like making therapy, not sit in the circle. I mean, sit in the chair and on somebody with a little pad taking notes about you the whole time. And, and, and that's our job. Our job as therapists is to expand our notion of what the work needs to look like and invite the community who knows what they need, right? Sometimes may not have the safe space to, to express it, but we're not, you know, we're not dumb. We're not like, we're not just waiting for somebody to come and heal us. We just we need people to get off our backs, move out the way and allow us to use the organic wisdom that comes through, you know, that's the, the, the flowing through our blood. Just like we breathe and we breathe wisdom in like we got connection to the first people on the planet. Like we we're not dumb people. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that we we would need professionals to come in and fix this. We just need to create spaces where we can do that organically, bring collective. have that be the intention of the time and the space we're doing it incorporate, you know, fun things, art, movement, food, whatever it is, into it. And I believe we can fix this. I, I think we can fix it on our own, to be honest. Um, and I think that there are people that have spent a lot of time thinking and studying healing kind of methods that could help support that. But it, it can't be the way that the, the, the system's set up right now. The, the, the traditional mental health system in America cannot heal the problems that have caused the kind of pain and trauma and, and and chaos that we're seeing in
0: the hoods today. That was a long answer. No, no that, that, that <laughs> was a good answer. But the funny thing is, there are viewer. I've been doing this for a long time. There are few times where there are so many stems for the next question that I can go with this one, that one, that one, that one, <laughs> <and> that one. <laughs> That's just good, man. Here's the thing, I'm trying not to make this political, but maybe it needs to be political. Most of these hoods are, are democratic run. Mm-hmm. And uh I'm gonna leave that there because I don't want to turn this into something else, but it's important to point out, point out um I had a conversation with a guy and I was really trying to get out of the conversation he he really wanted to talk about it he was a he was a, a an official I won't say his title or anything but I'm like you, come on, you guys know what the problem is I'm like no, I don't know in uh, uh, okay so if you spend all the time setting up problems, And I generally think he he was different, maybe not. If you you create a situation where you have all the money going out of the hood, you got all these different people coming into the hood, and I don't really care what color they are, but they're not giving back to the hood. You may not get a job. And if you do, it's gonna be some shit. I mean, to have Walmart workers, I don't know if they fixed that problem or not, but still having to be on government assistance, you know, mm-hmm. uh, so they're gonna give you, if they give you a job, it's maybe sweeping up or being security or some of that, but they won't let you behind that register, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Unless you're a female, mm-hmm. we can talk about that later. But all these people in the hood are taking boatloads of money out of it. These places aren't poor places. Right. Because they they don't come over here to make sure that you have good food or or good liquor or whatever the hell it is. They're coming over here because they know you got money Mm -hmm. and you won't employ the the people there. So therefore they go out and get money however they get it. And then even some of our people sit in judgment of these people when these opportunities are not there for them to make their money elsewhere Mm -hmm. within their own community. So I've had a big problem. And then when we had when we had the the looting, if you don't know me, I get I get a lot of people don't like me because I'm very truthful and I'll call out shit, even if, you know, the way I see it, let's put it like that. And people are mad about looting. So they said, well, you're tearing up your own shit. You won't go downtown and do that shit. <laughs> and these young motherfuckers went out. OK, OK. And they mm-hmm. went downtown and did that <laughs> shit. <laughs> the next day and I'm like oh yeah, right. these are some new brothers you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying yeah. and it's and, <laughs> and then when they did that these same self-righteous motherfuckers sat up here and said well y'all just making us look bad that's just, just ridiculous come on bro like you made out the hood that's cool mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying but there's some people that didn't have the skill set some people that didn't had the foresight, some people that wasn't willing to marry into Mm -hmm. somebody else's money even if they didn't like them, whatever it is, let's call it the truth. So now you think you can sit in judgment of other people and you ain't lifting a finger Mm -hmm. to come back and help somebody else. You're not coming back and opening businesses in the hood.
1: Mm -hmm. You know what
0: I'm saying? You're not doing any of the shit that can actually help. So when I was talking to this guy I'm like listen, this thing gets solved in Five years with education and economic opportunity it's solved yeah there's going to be a a a, a time for healing as well but when a brother in the hood has a business and he's able to employ 10 people from that hood then you multiply that times all the businesses in the hood or at least 80 percent Man, these little young motherfuckers is gonna be like, "Listen, man, I've been working all day. What the fuck did we have beef about? <laughs> I don't, right. don't want. I ain't, I ain't t- I'm tired, I ain't man. I don't want to fight you. today. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But when you give them nothing else to do, of course they're gonna use that young energy, just like we did when we were kids. Mm-hmm. To do some of the wrong things. So that's what I want to say. But then you said music, and I'm like, it's a good question. Do you think that the music? Cause there was this controversy a while ago. Do you think that music has an effect on people? A lot of people say it's just music. Well, I, yeah, it Doesn't matter. Then there are some people that says you're listening to this shit every day, all day. Hip hop. It affects some people. What's your take on that?
1: Uh, I think the music has an effect. I'm I'm up that camp. Um, I don't blame the music exclusively for causing the problems. Just like I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think the kid play GTA and then go out and start robbing cars. I think it's a combination of things mm-hmm. that influences who we are and what we do but i think all of it i think i, I think we such a powerful people that it requires everything around us in our environment so it, it takes the food the schools the politics the media it takes all of these systems to be con- concurrently working together to keep us stuck in place and like we, we so we that we, we that kind of powerful um, but the music is one of them i think it's one of the arms of the weaponized you know medium to attack the mind and the, the you know su- submit a frequency and uh, shape the identity um and i think it ha- and, you know and we talk I, I don't mean hip-hop in general i mean the, the very specific corporatized white run hip-hop that only allows a certain amount of images and mm-hmm. themes to be expressed over and over again and i think that repetitive just like if you a, a lot of time when, we, when you learn anything you put some music to it and you repeat it over and over again so we, we learn the ABCs like that mm-hmm. you can you you learn it becomes the building blocks of your identity and who you are and how you see the world if you use the melody and the rhythm and the words combine them and repeat them over and over again I think it definitely shapes or at least it, it influences who you see yourself to be what you deem to be cool or desirable that's why that's why people use you know hip-hop to sell shit. you can you know stick them some some liquor into a song and then everybody want to go by Covastier. I, I think those things are very deliberate because there's a, a mechanism that the brain responds to using music, mm. rhythm, and words repeated over and over again. So I think there's no way that if anybody listens to a song 20 times, that they're not influenced by it, that they don't they don't hear some lyrics, that they don't subconsciously or or very overtly seep into who they are and who they becoming. Um, So I think that we have to be very careful about what we allow white people to introduce into our young people's ears that they hear over and over again. We gotta gotta be more careful about that.
0: I ain't gonna lie, I feel like I'm intelligent. And there are some times that, uh, (laughs) like I said, I keep it real, there are some times when I'm trying to think of the alphabet and I have to play the damn song in my head.
1: (laughs) the right right damn alphabet. (laughs) Right, right.
0: What comes at the what comes at yeah. the QA, ABCD, you know? <laughs> um, right? It's, so it works. It really yeah. does work. And I keep telling people, people like I'm not influenced by the media. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Do you think that there's a reason why they spend millions of dollars yeah. for commercials? Right. They're yeah. just doing it because they want to spend some money, right? No. Sure. Because we are telling you what to do. Mm-hmm. We do that in the media all the time. I've been on, I've been on broadcast television. I know the backroom meetings. To you to them, you are cattle. You will mm-hmm. do whatever the fuck we tell you to do. Mm-hmm. Period. And it's proven. You know what I'm saying? Instead of going into the store to get some tissue, they'll say, Go me give me a Kleenex. You know mm-hmm. They don't promote as much, but back in the day they used to promote it a lot. And they I mean, I'm, go get me a Kleenex. Mm-hmm. It don't matter. Get the cheap Kleenex. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. go get the go get the paper, the the, right, the, right. the the napkins. Right. Go get the cheap Kleenex, which is not Kleenex, but they still got Kleenex in it. That's go get right. Kool Aid. Right. Right. Not the not that Kool Aid. Get the cheap Kool Aid. Right. So right. that is like you know subtle influences that we yeah. don't respect. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so even even as a filmmaker, I love gangster movies. I really, really, really love gangster movies, they make money. And my gangster movie is my top selling movie. So it's not that I did it because I wanted to make money and knew it would, but it's because I simply love gangster movies. But see, here's the difference. When I saw Goodfellas Mm -hmm. as a kid, I saw that shit and like, hell no. This is what you motherfuckers do out here in the streets. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm good, G. I'm, <laughs> let me, I'm going to school. let go to school. Okay, I got to go to school there. Because I'm not going to do this here shit y'all, y'all doing. Right. There are others that look at that shit and be like, yeah, I'm going to be the toughest gangster. Yeah, like yeah. It, what? That's, that's what do you a really mean? interesting
1: idea. Because the gangster movies, the movies don't, they're always tragedies. They don't really yeah. make them to look cool, really. I mean, they they, they might look Not cool either. for a moment when they're on top for a second. They always lose, though. They don't have gangster movies. Most of them, when like, mm-hmm. it's just people people look like they they like they're happy at the end of the day. If you really right. watch it, they, it's misery and trauma over and over again, right? And so, but Everybody the, the, the hip hop don't do that. Or... Music don't yeah. do that. Music makes it all of it look cool, even mm-hmm. even even when they're being more honest, which I appreciate about the pain that they're experiencing and using pills Mm -hmm. to cope with that, like they'll be honest about that, but they will still Mm present it as desirable. And so Mm -hmm. that's the that's the difference. How do you how do you use the media, the art, the images to make somebody want to do a thing versus show them that nah, this is the life, but like it's full of traps and and you Mm -hmm. don't want this. I work with a lot of young. You know, I do a lot of organizations with not, you know, nonviolence, talking to the hood kids, talking to the shooters, and mm-hmm. even the vendors that they bring into the spaces. The life coaches. Most of the people I'm in in, in rooms with as staff, even the, you know the adults, most of them been locked up, and there's something mm. there's there's a there's something cool about that. It's hard to even mm-hmm. put your finger like, but it, but there's a you know when, when a young person meets somebody and they, they see me who you know i got a phd and working doing this work but then they see somebody else who's been locked up mm-hmm. something about that person has been locked up gives them an advantage because they got like there's mm-hmm. a cool factor they went through that rite of passage they they, they tested and true we, we we still don't talk about being locked up as a badge of, of shame we don't mm-hmm. we don't say no i got caught up by the system they fucked me over i fell for the okie doke I should have done it, I'm I'm, you know, I'm embarrassed about it, I can't believe they got me, I wasted these years of my life. We still present these kind of hood stories like desirable. And, and mm-hmm. until that switches in the music, it's always gonna cause the ripple effect, it's always gonna re- recycle itself over and over again until the artist can keep it real, tell you stories, you know what I'm saying, that's your life, tell a life, but present it in a way, the frame of the story changes how the, the viewer receives it and, and, and rap music makes it, makes it desirable. Mm-hmm. So then, so then we you wonder know, like, it, why the kids, why they, why, the, why they seeking that? Like what you want would drive your, and that's the, the biggest motivation, you know, there is like, what do you, what do you desire? What do you want? What do you mm-hmm. see for yourself? And then you will, you will fight mm-hmm. for that. Like, so then like, like you say, I can bring good food into the hood. I can bring therapy. I can bring these programs, but they, if they don't want that, they don't want life. They don't want happiness. They don't want joy, peace of mind, whether they believe they deserve it or not. So, but if the music has shaped their desire and they will fight against you to go back towards the streets, because that's the thing that they've been shaping their desire for, their craving for mm-hmm. that's, you, know, you, you can have an addiction to a thing that is eating you apart, but you can mm-hmm. if, if you crave it hard enough, you would fight tooth and nail for it. And that's what we seen happening. We seen people fight for a thing that's killing him and that's the chaos A
0: yeah, crackhead you ain't gonna fix no crackhead until the crackhead mm-hmm. wants to be fixed right you know what I'm saying I don't, I don't give a damn what you what you do what you say where you take them and unless you lock them up yeah. crackhead ain't gonna ain't, ain't going and, and hell they may find a way to get some crack in jail a crackhead ain't, ain't finna stop being a crackhead till the crackhead wants to stop You know what I'm saying? So I think that, and this is the thing, we have a tremendous ability to adapt. So when you get into areas of, okay, this is what it is, this is the hood, this is the things that go on in the hood. You know, We start adapting and accepting bullshit. You're gonna go to jail. So now going to jail, we adapt to make that some kind of badge of honor. Right. Instead of saying no, this is really not. This is not the way it's supposed to go. Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah, right. you're right. If you go into the hood and you haven't been in jail, they're gonna be like, mm, right. I don't know. I'm listening, but you know. But then the motherfucker just spent a bid. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you know. And, mm-hmm. and that I remember that 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 whole scared straight. You remember that mm-hmm. they used to have. Mm-hmm. Um. They stopped doing that show. So I think there's a lot of different things that shape how people in the hood think. And a part of that is our own doing, you know what I'm saying? But we got to take a break and we'll be back with more from Dr. Obari Cartman right here on Raw Fusion. The IndieCity.com. If you like independent clothing brands, independent art, or just things that are independent, then check out the There's clothing, art, And more All right there At TheIndyCity.com T-H-E-I-N-D-Y-C-I-T-Y Dot com TheIndyCity.com Is a proud sponsor Of The King B Raw Fusion Podcast There's a new place to find Raw Fusion RawFusion.net Gain access to Everything Raw Fusion Along with information and value you may not find anywhere else that's rawfusion.net rawfusion I go through it back and forth I love women and I love a scantily clad or naked woman but I I start to get worried about um even even with some of the photography I do I start to get worried about have we gotten to a place where I mean that's fine for models but now everybody thinks they're, they're a model mm-hmm. and quite frankly, you can go out on a Saturday night and you don't know who's selling pussy anymore. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it really used to be when I was coming up, you go on a strip, you know who's selling pussy just by the way they dress. Mm. Now, you can't tell who's selling and who's not selling. It's like, we done got to a point where everybody feel like everything should be out and that's, come, that's become the norm. And so now, again, as an artist, I'm faced with do I do what I like or has what I has what I've done or contributed to become a negative instead of what I saw as a positive.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the problem happens for us as men, I don't know how old you are. I'm forty one. Um and I'm I'm realizing that men my age get to a place where we we start to interrogate that that very question once we mm-hmm. have daughters, nieces. We got little we got mm-hmm. little women in our life that we care about. And then we've spent we spent our whole adulthood, you know, the teenagers on on, on up, having these categories like distinguishing the women that we care about from like this the the random average woman out here, so I could treat her in a certain way. But if somebody treated my my little niece, my sister, my mother in a way that I treat all these other women, then we, you know, I'm talking about kill them. And there's a disconnect between men that we we it, it takes us until we have our own daughters to think about what are the images that I think are healthy to be promoted and supported, mm-hmm. and, and until I see my daughter be like man, you know she on TikTok and she you know twerking on, on you know what I'm saying on uh, Snapchat, that's when I that's when mm-hmm. I'd be like man maybe this is a problem, and and and, and I mm-hmm. think that's too late. I think that we need to to as men challenge ourselves to at least ask these questions earlier amongst ourselves to change the man talk, the locker room talk, if you will, to be like, you know, it, it's fun. I like it. It's good. But what's what does it mean for it to be the most popular image and and me supporting that image and then teaching the other men in my circles that this is what's cool again? Like this is what's desirable. And we have a lot of power in that as men to redirect some of that. And, and i don't think that's on women you know i mean they, they need to, they had their own conversations I don't, I don't influence that but when i talk to men that that question is something that I, I want us to struggle with more often what's healthy for the community beyond just what feels good in the moment or like what's good for us deeper than just you know a nut or just like the eye candy like what's what's actually healthy for us and if we if we ask we ask ourselves those questions that i think that we can like you say as filmmakers it's as producers, as uh, consumers, that we get to, sh- we can shape what the culture looks like in terms of male, male-female relationships and what's acceptable. You know what I'm saying? I, 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 in my own life, over and over again, I've seen this happen where a woman will come to me because of an expectation that she thinks men want this thing, and then I can, I can, I can shape that. Like I can be like, no, that's not, I'm not interested in that. Uh, let's 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 just talk. Let's just you know, let's read a book. Let's go to a museum. Like yeah, I, we we have power to shape. What is desirable back and forth but it starts with us taking our own responsibility to say no i i am you know i'm saying i'm a, I'm a king you know you can be you know what i'm saying like what would a king mean don't 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 mean dominate and control the mature pet childlike version of you know being you know sometimes like animals in the way we we see ourselves and i think that's our conversation like i don't i don't tell women what to wear what where they need to go but i do i do try to encourage men to say you know what are your standards and and then have people respond to that but we that's that's a man that's like that's that's our conversation to have I'm, i'm with
0: you see okay i think i think some of it has to do with i'm just i came up you know there was a distinction between a hoe and a real woman you know that's that's what
1: my learning was and so i had no problem identifying that in a woman but not in a man there was no distinction between a hoe and a man. Those things were could, were the same thing. There was no shame. There's no, you know what I'm saying? How, how, <laughs> how, are, how are men able to have, who are the men having sex with? If we able to have I, a, as much random sex as we want, who is it gonna be with if it's not some woman? But we don't make that I, distinction I, I, for ourselves.
0: I think it was I think it was Comet. No, oh, AMG. I want to be a hoe. Right. And then Comet did say, "I'm a hoe, but not a whole figure." Let's put it like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know that's very true. That's very true. But we we had a clear distinction. There are some hoes, and then there are some, and and that's not acceptable. But it's acceptable to hit. You know what I'm saying? But that's not what you settled down with. And then there was a real woman that you settled down with. And now I don't see that distinction.
1: And some no, of it I think, I is, see some that. of it I do like. Some of it I like women taking this, this claiming of being human beings that enjoy sex too. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Right, that they want to be, I mean, too, I, they, you know, sex is fine, it's a natural, you know, we're doing it healthy and safety. And women enjoy sex just like we have always enjoyed sex and i think that's fine my question um, about cool it is usually you. developmentally appropriateness so mm-hmm. when i think about my niece who is 13 i think that there should be content that she's not exposed to in conversations that she don't have yet yet thank you but i think it's i think it's too early for some for children men and women boys and girls to be exposed to certainly to explicit conversations and images about sex and we've lost that. When I was when I was when I was growing up, I had a Victoria's Secret magazine. That's all I needed, mm-hmm. right? I got it mm-hmm. once a month. You know what I'm saying? But right now, you go to the internet and, and Google Pornhub, and you got a world of images and ideas. And we they've they been sitting home in the pandemic for for a year. We have no idea what these kids been doing on the internet. But I'm telling you, right. it ain't it ain't developmentally appropriate. And so right. the, the idea that women enjoy sex and they like it, they want to dress how they want to dress and whatever they want to wear and be pleased and doing it for themselves, not even for us. Like I think that's a good idea, um, but I think that we we're encouraging it younger than is healthy, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, to, I, me too. I see these these videos of parents videotaping their child twerking and all kinds of shit, and I'm like, they're like five. Like, what the fuck, bro? That <laughs> male or female? I don't want to see that shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? They're like fucking five years old. Don't don't do that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're an adult and that's what you want to do, okay. If you're an adult and you want to have your ass out everywhere you go, okay. But you should not have 13-year-old girls wearing the same shit that, as a matter of fact, they didn't got to the point where old women who dress like that or older women who dress like that, they're like, you too old to dress like that. That's what the young people,
1: no, no what the? So, but, so no, what's the parallel that's for the men? So you talking about a young girl twerking or a young girl with her ass out, her booty out. What is? What are the young boys doing? What are we allowing for young boys to to see, to watch, to listen to? Are we turning the I, radio off when the when the young boys come in? Are, are they watching I us? I say the
0: same thing about I say the same thing about God. Boys too. There was actually the one that I was looking at. They had a a grown man doing a dance. Okay, and then they it was a TikTok video, and then they and then there was somebody with their little boy doing that shit, and I turned it off because I'm like I don't want to see no little boy. Well, I didn't really necessarily want to see the guy doing it anyway, but I was trying to figure out what the video was about. But I don't want to see no I definitely don't want to see no little boy over there gyrating and shit. No, that's not that's not that wasn't that wasn't cool, that wasn't funny, mm-hmm. none of that shit. And a lot of that shit is not just men. We gotta understand that a lot of our men are being raised by women now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even even the little even the little seeds we plant in a man's head. A young boy's head. Oh, you gonna be a lady killer, right? Right. You're right, gonna right. You know right, you're right. gonna have all the hoes. You know what I'm saying? You gonna have all the little women after you. Mm-hmm. We're te- telling him that in order to be the cool guy, mm-hmm. you got to have a whole bunch of women, right. at least desiring you, if not being with all of them. Right. You know what I mean? And if you got a bunch of beautiful women desiring you, <laughs> it takes a special kind of strength. <laughs> to not indulge. Come on, let's give you what You know what I'm saying? If you got women coming for and they all find, you know, you gotta be focused in a different way in order to not accept at least half of it. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. So I think a lot of this is, is also we gotta understand who's raising our, our boys now. And
1: so you know so there's I mean? there's so the the problem of that is is connected. The the mm-hmm. the the idea that in the reality that there's a majority of families in the black community that are not two-parent households, you know, and men might still be involved. They still, you know, pick up their son and hang out with them, but they're not in the house, uh, which means that there's a lot of, how you describe men, single mothers raising boys. Mm -hmm. And then the the inverse of what you're describing of teaching young men to go play the field and collect women is to, to teach them by demonstrating that what is actually desirable, what is actually a grown man thing to do, is cool, is is healthy, is to marry a woman and to demonstrate mm-hmm. a long-term committed relationship. And I want my sons mm-hmm. to see that. I got boys, I want them to see their father in the mm-hmm. long-term, I want them to We. I go to more funerals way more than than marriages or uh, weddings. Mm-hmm. Right, so mm-hmm. I, I, we, we have lost that Motivation, desire, discipline, skill set, as men, mm-hmm. to to marry women, and then to show young people that is what we you want to aspire to, to have them see two a man and a woman in the house. It ain't got to be your your parents necessarily. Um, even if the co parent thing don't work, you, you know you got a baby with a woman, don't work. That's fine. But but men aren't even encouraging ourselves, our peer groups, to be like, nah, you you too old for that. Like you had fun when your 20s, but like, you you a grown man now. And what a grown man now looks like the definition of that um, has it it is no longer to find a woman, commit to her, marry her and live happily ever after. We don't we don't even we don't even push ourselves to that. It's not even desirable no more uh, amongst the men that I'm talking mm-hmm. to. It's about marriage. Like what the fuck, I ain't you know no no interest mm-hmm. in that. And so until mm-hmm. that until we get that back, there's there's no there's no counterbalancing the messages of collect women, the lady killer, the player, the pimping players. That there's no counterbalance to that. They're gonna see it mm-hmm. and they're gonna see the absence of anything else and think, well, that's what men do. Men just, we, we, we just fuck women all the time. Is it is it is it is it just
0: the mindset of
1: the man though?
0: and the, or the, uh, the conditioning of the woman. I had a bunch of women on the show, mm-hmm. five of them. You know what I mean? And we were talking about love relationships. Stood like a man, you can check it out. Stood like a man and represented against five women and had them understand a thing or two too. Because as a man, I come up in a different situation. I'm not married, I don't have kids. I really never saw myself getting to this place yeah, when I was young I wasn't thinking about it. I was thinking about it, but I was like, yeah, a few years down the line I get married. But I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Now I'm in a situation where the vast majority of women that I see, I don't want to date. I don't I don't no. I don't want my woman I don't want first of all, I don't want to tell women what to wear. But if you're wearing that, <laughs> I don't I I don't want you. You know what I'm saying? You gonna wear that shit outside? No, 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 that's not what I want. It's the craziest shit in the world because there's a photographer who, who shoots a lot of women, a lot of models in like various states of undress. Some women assume that that's what I want to marry or that's what I want to be with long, long term. And no, that's not necessarily what I want to marry or else I would have married one of them, by the way. so. You know, and they're like, you got all these beautiful women around you, blah, 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 and then they kind of back away. And I'm like, look, if I wanted them, I would have had them. So actually I'm looking for something else. You know what I mean? I came up in a church of God in Christ you know, mm-hmm. until I was like 15 years old. Some of that re- residual shit is still stuck in my head, where you wear the long skirts and all that shit. Now I'm not saying that a woman that's gotta be with me has to wear the long skirts down to the ankles, But that's what I saw when I was growing up. I had a balance, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I think that's what what we have is a lack of balance. You know what I'm saying? So I would prefer a woman that covers up. You know, when I'm in my play play time, that's when I go and get the one that's got her tits out. But the one, when I want to settle down, she ain't gonna be doing all that and I won't have to ask her not to do all of that. I don't want to be a dictator and say you better not wear No, that's not for me to do. I don't want the woman that would wear the other shit. You know what I'm saying? Whereas there's some other guys who enjoy that and they feel the need that they have to put their woman on display in order to boast their own manhood. That ain't me. That ain't me. There's a public persona that I have and it's what I do. But then there's me, the real person that's me. The real person is me. I don't want that. I don't want none of that. Not for marriage. So now I found myself in a place where, you know what I'm saying, stripping. And I know a lot of strippers and I try not to be judgmental to them. Uh, They do what they do and that's what it is. I know know a lot of porn people. Uh, People in porn. I had one on the show. Porn stars. But am I going to marry a porn star? Probably not. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we've gotten to the point where this is acceptable and then expect a different thing. Out of these people, when back when I was coming up, if you was doing that kind of shit, you just knew you was probably gonna be single for a long time. You know what I'm saying? So that's a choice that you made. Now we have zero balance. It's all strip clubs and hoes and pimps and 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 uh, and tricks. And I don't give a fuck. Bill Cosby and the Cosby Show was the balance that that I saw. The Huxtables and that's what I wanted. The Huxtables. You know what I'm saying? At one point, I was gonna be a lawyer because my sister's a doctor and I looked at her medical books when I was a kid and shit scared the shit out of me and I never was gonna be a doctor. So I said, I'll be the I'll be the lawyer. So that's what I wanted, that's what I wanted. That's what I saw, that's what I wanted. We don't have that balance today, you know? And part of it is, again, who's owning and controlling the shit that we started in hip-hop. We used to have a Poe Righteous teachers, we used to have a KRS-One, we used to have a public enemy, and then we had Luke and AMG and all these other motherfuckers that had ass shaking and all that other shit, but there was a balance. There is no balance today, and that's my biggest problem with it.
1: I agree with that lack of balance in terms of the corporate media version of it, but in terms of like Mm -hmm. the the hip hop scene in general, there's still new versions of KRS going for white teachers. you know, hundreds of them. They're, they're using.
0: Yeah, but they're not platform. getting the. They, they're not getting the play.
1: They're not getting the you play. So I, I think. I, I think it's our responsibility yeah. as seekers to find them, support them, prop them. I think that's our job. We can't, you can't complain about what the corporations is doing and not doing all day. But if I am not doing my my most to find those artists, going to the open mics, being on you know, even on the internet, I can st- scroll all day, um, go to the sites where they're congregating, find their albums buy them, support them, pay extra for them, share that on my social media. Like I can do that. Like, I got, I have the power to promote the thing that I want. And, and I think the same is true for Dayton. Like my world is different than yours. I'm not around a bunch of models and uh, strippers and porn stars. Uh, I mean, conferences, I want panels, uh, professional intellectuals. And there's a city full, a world full of, you know what I'm saying? Of women that are out here that are doing their work, that are, Going to school and and raising children and com- contributing to the community and you know mm-hmm. if you if you have you have a preference for someone that dresses more modestly there's a bunch of them mm-hmm. and they, they you know they they, I gotta they, hang they, they, they okay so.
0: don't be mad when I when I call you and be like bro we got we got kicking in your circle bro
1: like <laughs> no that's what I'm saying like they it's, it's, and and they and they they they, they want to be married and they want to connect with other brothers it's serious about you know what I'm saying committed. Um like if you want that, and it's the same thing with the music, you gotta seek that thing. Go to that place where those people are. You know, if you if you're at the club all the time, then you're gonna see people that like to go to the club. But if you get live music, if you're at the conferences, if you're at the seminars, if you're at the museum, you're gonna see a, a different type of, you know, people. And I think that's I think that's that's the, the, the thing we need to teach for men. Seek the thing that you want and, and teach them how to do that. How do you how do you do that? How do you seek healthy, how do you seek, you know Productive, how do you seek successful, and define that in a way that's that's, that's true? That those are things that we can teach in terms of standards and principles of character and, and skill sets. Um, we spend too much time complaining about what we what we don't got, what we don't see, and it's right here, it's right in front to, of us.
0: I need to learn. I need. I do. I, I. I'm not. I'm learning every day. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that's one of the beautiful things about being in film, is that every every new subject becomes a learning experience as well. So, like I said, if I call you and be like, bro, I need to get to one of those conferences, I'm just, you know, let's, let's figure this shit out, and yeah. you know, that's what we gotta do. Because, unfortunately, you know, just hanging around in the circles that I hang around in, because of business, they ain't there. Yeah. <laughs> They're not over there, so, you know, and, and that's just a product of, of my, of my, um my choice in profession. But here's the thing. You were saying something, picking and, and promote what you want and and support what we want. And that's one of the biggest things that I've been preaching. You know, I had a post about Sakari Richardson and I'm like, okay, well, y'all all on her shit now. Are you ready to, uh, you are ready to boycott the whole damn Olympics because she's not running. But where, were you, where was all this fucking support when she was starting out? Now, of course, everybody didn't know her, but with the people that knew her, why weren't you pushing her then? Why weren't you promoting her then? Why hadn't one of her videos gone viral? Or, you know, because you knew her and she was fast and you promoted her, you pushed her shit and it got out there and it went viral then. Why was it that you had to wait until so-called white people told you to go out there and support this young lady? I said that as an example, not just for her, but we all have people. And I've I've started to do that on my page as well. Just promoting businesses that's other than mine that I don't get any kind of residual money from that are doing great things. And even when I came back with this podcast, when I did my TV show, I had Alicia Keys on my show. I had Megan Good on my show. I had so many well-known people on my show And the mistake that I felt that I made was, those people already have promotion. It's good for ratings, but they have promotion. So when I came back to do the show again as a podcast, I wanted to get people in Chicago, or people that I knew that were doing some great things. Shout out to April Prayer, who introduced us. She was my first guest. I Mm -hmm. wanted to get people that you may not know and maybe some people from Chicago that you know, but people you may not know that's doing great things, and I'm going to put you on the show, and I'm going to promote show shit. Mm-hmm. What, you, what are you doing? You know, She's actually been on the show twice because she came back with the quiet coaches. So um, that was my thing, but again, I had to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm trying to, why is it that we, we may have the dopest person sitting right next to us, the dopest rapper, the dopest filmmaker, the dopest... Uh, clothing designer and we sit there and just look at their ass Mm -hmm. until someone else comes and tells us no that person's dope they going with us and then you like I was there from the beginning dog Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying that's Mm -hmm. my whole that's my motherfucker man but you wouldn't promote push buy do shit until somebody else came and said they was dope
1: um, I mean, capitalism. We uh, we see value in what we deem successful, and we want to be connected to that. Once it is determined successful, and success is defined by a certain amount of money, a certain bracket, and that is determined by the powers that currently be. We don't have an independent for self mindset. We've lost that over time, I think. And I think until Where we get we that we back. Lose that at? Uh, integration, I could argue. Mm.
0: They call it the Negro Leagues. The MLB wouldn't be shit if it wasn't for the people that were in the Negro Leagues. So mm-hmm. I think once we joined up and linked up, they took all the shit, all the good shit, and we went over there, right. pumped up their shit instead of staying independent, pumping up our own shit. So I'm with that. Before we get up out of here, one of the things that you do, and it's interesting that you were saying it, you know, I believe in at some point, we have to almost it's almost like we got to trick ourselves back into a the right thing to do from the outside not knowing they may see you with your bongos and shit and like this ain't no goddamn this ain't no damn uh a therapy session y'all over here having fun this is not what therapy is supposed to be can you explain what it is you do and the way you do it when you are like you said taking a different? approach to helping mental health. Because I will say this, certain things I wanted to stay away from in school because I didn't like school. I didn't like the way they taught. I'm a more hands-on person. I learned not by going to Columbia, but actually doing film and television by doing it. And For some people, they learn better in a different way than what is traditional, like going, sitting in the lectures and all that shit that makes some of us want to go to sleep. I learned by doing. So I want to talk about the approach that you take when you when you're doing your different sessions.
1: Um, okay. Yeah. I had to talk about that. But the way you describe it, I love, I, w- I want people to say, that don't look like therapy. It looks like they're having fun because people are more likely to come to that. And, mm-hmm. and it don't, it don't, it doesn't matter to me that you call it therapy. It, I don't, that don't matter to me. Mm-hmm. I avoid the word if I can yeah. just to avoid the stigma or the resistance. If you come in and we sit in a circle and we eating, we playing hip hop or we listen to lyrics, we print them out, talking about what they mean. We watching some clips. And having a discussion about it. We playing drums. We we moving. Whatever it is that you see that is appealing to you, it looks like fun or engaging or entertaining. And then you and you come participate in that and walk away with some new skill sets, some new insight into yourself, some new connections with others some uh, 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 understandings of, of yourself in the world. That's, that's, you know, that's the, that's the therapy. So you can engage in an activity that has therapeutic effects. that has healing benefits that moves you to another level. And you don't experience that as therapy. That's my goal. Like that's, that's the dream for me. I have a bunch of black people in the hood in communities doing things that are therapeutic that are different from what they consider therapy to be but they walk away whole stronger healed uh, more resilient with more hope uh, with, with with better relationships like that's my dream is for, for people to just have have the the impact the result with going through a process that looks different than they had imagined
0: there you go Dr obari Cartman he's going to be working on us on the movie mental also mental the movie if you're going any go-Go you can definitely Donate. We got to raise this money to make the movie. And I appreciate you, brother, uh, for what you're doing. And then being a part of the, uh, movie as well, because we definitely need your insight when we're making this damn thing. All right. Appreciate oh, you, bro.
1: Appreciate you,
0: bro. It's time to talk some shit with King B, on the King B raw fusion podcast brought to you by the Indie Well, We've got a lot of things, a lot of issues that we need to overcome as a people together. People think that mental health issues are simply personal and that's just their shit. Sometimes we don't realize when mental health issues creep into our lives. And of course, because of the stigma attached to it, people don't look at it realistically. If you catch a cold, well, that's a physical health issue. we're fine with that but we look at mental health issues as if well they're just crazy and you can't help them no there are mental health issues that are just as curable and healable as the common cold and then there are some more difficult issues just like there are more difficult physical health issues if we start to look at this thing realistically we can start to help people heal and make it more acceptable for people to seek out different healing processes. It's the reason why we're doing the movie, ladies and gentlemen. And of course, you can help going to Indiegogo and searching Mental the Movie The Road to Mental Health and donating. Really important. You never know whose life you'll save or help save. People with some mental health issues going on sometimes commit suicide. Some people with mental health issues actually perpetrate violence and other things on others. So the life you save just might be your own. I'm not trying to scare anybody, this is the truth. We sit back in judgment on other people on what they go through, and we don't realize that sometimes mental health issues are at the crux of what's going on. Whether it be in the hood, whether it be in rural America, wherever it may be, some things, not all of course, can be a result of a mental health issue that's gone undiagnosed and untreated. It's time we do something about that. I'm King B, and this is Raw Fusion. Raw Fusion.